Hello, 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 listeners, and welcome back to Northern Nightmares. Hello. It's the last one. For a while. <laughs> for a while. For a while. But it is uh... bittersweet. Mm-hmm. It's I'm I'm sad. I, I yeah. will tell you, I am sad for this end or arrears change. or change. I've loved doing this co- podcast. I yeah. love this project with you. I Aww. love... <laughs> I just, it's spending time, it's quality time together, talking about murder. (laughs) (laughs) But we don't sit and talk and tell each other about our weeks as, like, regularly and frequently as we do now that we have a podcast. (laughs) Right. So I, I have enjoyed this very, very much, and I'm, I'm, Hmm. I'm not bittersweet. I'm just sad. (laughs) But I, I know what this does to you. (laughs) I know that you do all the research. I know that you do all the editing, you and Quentin, and it takes time from both of you. And I know that you put together the episodes and we have to do the recording. Everything takes so much time. And it was something (laughs) we really had, I mean, we anticipated, but not to the degree of, it really takes a (laughs) lot of time. It's a full-time job. Yeah. And, you know, we listen to quite a few podcasts and it's like, well, our researcher, so-and-so, I'm like, oh, that'd be so nice. <laughs> if I had a researcher, I'd go on and do, if it was just like the recording piece, I'd go on and do it forever. Like, I love the recording. I think it's so, I don't know, it's the best part about the job, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the easiest part, it flows nicely. I very much enjoy just being able to sit in front of a microphone and, and talk to my mom and tell her about a true crime that I was learning about. Right. It's uh, it's really the researching, the editing, and the production behind the scenes that just kills my butt. Right. It just does. I For every episode we put out, um, every part of every episode. So Israel Keys, Robert Hansen, those are two-part episodes. I spent eight hours of research on each part. Right. Um, Israel Keys in particular was a beast really brutal because <laughs> i read a whole book i think i spent upward almost 30 hours of research on on those episodes plus robert hansen was a big one like it it just it takes so so much time to put into each episode which is just hard to do right now <laughs> with school just kicking me in the butt and now we're homeowners and so it's <laughs> A little bit more stressful, which I've I've talked to you guys all about before, so it's nothing. nothing Getting ready to graduate in August, which is a big life change. Mm -hmm. You're you know starting your family, and it's just everything is. You you have the start of a wonderful family with your dogs and your (laughs) husband, and you know grandkids someday. And I don't know. (laughs) I haven't really talked about it on the podcast yet, but Quinn and I are trying to have kids, which is another factor in. in her decision mm-hmm. to go on hiatus, you know, if I'm pregnant, all of the extra stress and time commitment is just not feasible for our family at this point. And so looking into how we can reduce stress if that were to happen. I was really hoping I would get pregnant before we ended the podcast so I could announce it on the show, <laughs> but unfortunately um we've been having a little bit of trouble and so it's just taking some time anyway moving on because that's sad (laughs) we we did get a really nice email today of one of our fans and they were asking how long the hiatus will be and given the parameters of why we're taking the hiatus Mm -hmm. i told her probably a year at least 
probably like maybe a year from January when we started. It just, it really depends Mm -hmm. on where life is in a year. Who knows? But I said probably a year. And that would probably be a realistic outlook to when we might be able to sit back down and rethink this again. I would agree. I graduate in about six months. It's five months now. It's five months now, but I'm going to (laughs) need at least a month to just mentally recover. (laughs) And then uh, I want the dust to settle a little bit before we start back up. And then it, it really just depends on where where our lives are at what in job that you end up getting you know, all <laughs> what that job stuff. if i'm pregnant or not all of all of that will play a factor so a year is probably realistic here the other question our listener had for us was since we're not doing patreon anymore mm-hmm. what about releasing those episodes yes to our regular listeners yes and we've been it's a kind of a double-edged sword. <laughs> we've been talking about it. Our Patreon community was very small. And so there were some things that I think we both said, but mainly mom talked about her work a little bit more in Patreon. Mm-hmm. And so I think there were just some things. I kind of triangulated myself a lot more to my patrons than yeah. to our regular listeners. Not that I don't do it with our regular listeners, right. but I complained about work more (laughs) i'm a little bit vented i vented vented is a better word Mm -hmm. and i got a little bit more personal about things that have been going on in my life which is nothing wrong i mean you guys are a great community i think Mm -hmm. you've proven that i i don't think we need to feel vulnerable or like in danger of sharing vulnerable things and we did a whole lot more banter on our patreon episodes So we're considering. We're considering if it's like a right move or not. Currently, there are, I think we counted 12 bonus episodes that are like full length episodes like which Northern makes, Nightmares episodes. Which makes sense because we were on for 12 months. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. And then I think there are five Alaskana episodes or five or six that we counted. Uh, yeah. Something like that. Alaskana episodes, um, which just talk about life in Alaska, basically. A festival or something that's mm-hmm. happening. So we're considering releasing those. We're trying to think about which ones we would release, things like that. Um, If you're interested in listening to them, I mean, they're still on Patreon. You could realistically pay $5 to get into our Patreon and then binge all of them. And then cancel. And then cancel before. (laughs) Because there's nothing new. Month, exactly. But. So Patreon's not going away. It's not. It's going to just stay there. Just not adding to it and we're debating whether we should release those episodes right. so we're still currently talking about it mom posed this question to me like an hour ago so right. <laughs> <laughs> we will get back to you on mm-hmm. that to be determined <laughs> yes let's leave it at that exactly uh how was your week mom well we did another ride out to the glacier mm-hmm. and it was a lot of fun it was us and my parents with their side by side and then there was a couple that dad works with and they brought, and they're younger, and they just got a brand new machine, a side by side that's a four seater, and they were breaking it in. And so, uh, some of our listeners might not know what a side by side is. We've talked about it before, have we? Yeah, because oh, okay. we've gone to the glacier before and we've talked about it. So oh, okay. it's a four wheeler <laughs> off road vehicle. Ours is enclosed with a cab. The people that we were with, my grand, my parents have an enclosed cab. The people we were with with the babies did not have an enclosed cab. <laughs> they have a roof and a windshield, but they do not have any windows in it. Mm. 
It's still cold. And it's called a side-by-side because you sit (laughs) next to the other. Like, if you're, it's made for, like, really more than one person. Mm -hmm. And you can sit next to that person side-by-side instead of, like, one in front of the Mm -hmm. other. So you're side-by-side on the seat. Two seats. A bench seat. With the steering wheel instead of handlebars. Yeah, so there's some more control, a little bit more it's the classy four wheeler. <laughs> it's warm. That's what I like. Because we've had four wheelers. Oh, because we've had four wheelers, and oh my gosh, it freezes. to death. Anyway, we went out with this couple, and they had their littles, and they were four and six, Aww. and they were adorable little boys. And it just triggered something in me with they were so much like Trevor and Sam were when they were that age. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just these little ducks. Oh my gosh, they were so stinking cute. And it took them a while to warm up to me. But it was funny. We were on the glacier. They were having hot chocolate. And the little one was sitting in our side-by-side with the heater and the windows <laughs> so that he could warm up. Both of the boys were. But the little one was sitting next to me. And dad had, their dad had made them hot chocolate <laughs> that was, like, lukewarm hot chocolate. Oh, no. <laughs> and they were eating marshmallows and stuff out of it. It was super cute. But he didn't want to hold the hot chocolate in his hands. So he would sit in the side-by-side. I was standing outside of it. <laughs> he would roll the window all the way down. So he could get a drink of the hot chocolate. I handed it in to him. He would take a drink (laughs) and then he'd want me to open the door so I could roll the window back up and stand outside (laughs) and wait for him to want another drink and roll the window down. And his mom says, who does, uh, she works in a school up here. She goes, do you work outside of the home? And I said, yeah, I'm a pharmacist. And she goes, oh, (laughs) I could have sworn that you worked with kids. (laughs) Because you're so good with them. I'm like, well, we had five, so (laughs) I have some experience. The youngest might be 21 this year, but I have some experience. (laughs) By the time we were all ready to go, the youngest one, they were putting him in his car seat in the truck, and he goes, bye, Tickle Monster. (laughs) So So sweet. And the older boy, he came up to me and he said, I want to thank you for letting us warm up. He called it our Jeep. In your Jeep on the glacier. (laughs) He called it a Jeep. That's so cute. (laughs) He goes, I want to thank you for letting me warm up in the Jeep on the glacier because my toes got warm while I was in yours and then they didn't get cold (laughs) all the way back down and you saved me. (laughs) So sweet. They were adorable. I love that so much. Adorable, adorable. So... That was my week. And then the next day, I spent the day finishing putting the floor in my greenhouse. Hey, yeah. It's feeling like (laughs) spring. It was like 65 degrees in there. Take off my coat. Sounds amazing. Have the door closed. Wow. (laughs) It was amazing. (sighs) So nice. Can't tell with the four feet of snow in the front yard, but (laughs) (laughs) there is that. There is that. There is that. There's no gravel showing on the driveway yet, so we're getting there. The Iditarod is done. My Christmas lights are turned off. I can't take them off of my fence, but they are turned (laughs) off. So I talked about it last year about this time when the Iditarod finished, but it's a tradition for some people up here to not take down their Christmas lights or turn off their Christmas lights until the Red Lantern is awarded for the Iditarod, Mm -hmm. which means that the final musher has reached Nome. Mm -hmm. And so that happened last not this last weekend but the weekend before so i could just shut off my christmas lights i can't take them off the fence <laughs> but i shut them off so when the snow melts a little bit more i can take down my christmas lights mm-hmm. spring has begun to sprung begun to sprung is a key there <laughs> we keep having like weird 
warm spells and then cold spells and then warm spells and And then then cold spells. (laughs) It's terrible and I hate it. (laughs) How's your week been? Uh, it's been, it's been pretty good. Um, don't forget to buy your Nanana Ice Classic tickets. We should release that bonus episode right now. Yeah, we uh, should. While we've got, um... It's that time. It is that time. So anybody who's in Alaska, you already know, buy your Nanana Ice Classic tickets. And those of you who don't know what the Nanana Ice Classic is, listen to the episode. We'll release it. We'll release it. We'll release it next week, I think. It shouldn't. I don't think it'll be over by next week, right? No, it's no. They sell tickets until April 4th, I believe. Mom, that's like. Oh, that is next week. (laughs) It's the 27th. Well, you can, st- yeah, because I guess on your birthday <laughs> Next all the time. Next week is the third. We'll give them so, all of like three days. We'll that's what we did last year too, I think. We'll re- <laughs> we're really good at that, <laughs> killing it. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so it's been a pretty good, pretty standard week, busy as ever. A uh, couple of all-nighters. <laughs> that was really fun. <laughs> Quentin is back in the field. Three weeks. Yep. Love that so much. And then let's see what else is going on. Um, Today I cleaned my carpets and it was gross, but also very necessary. Necessary. Wow. It was very needed and it looks really good right now. So I'm proud of myself. I spent today kind of cleaning and just getting things in order and I got half of the house done. Damn it. (laughs) So I've still got a half to go, which is really frustrating. I got my bedroom, the office, and the hallway cleaned up and uh, treated and laundry caught up and a load of dishes done. So I'm feeling pretty accomplished and I'm very disappointed that there's still so much to do oh my gosh darn it i was really hoping to get so much done today but i think i set my expectations a little bit too high <laughs> so but not you that, it's been not me, who me <laughs> Moi? Moi? <laughs> uh yeah it's been pretty standard school is school is crazy i have papers i have two papers due every single week and this last round, they were both five pages. So that was that was not fun. <laughs> and then Quentin had to be dropped off at base at 2.30 in the morning <laughs> to go to his failed problem. And now he is in the box. So he can't talk to me at all for the next 10 days. And he didn't even get to say a goodbye text. I was really sad. Usually they let him be like, okay, I'm taking your this phone in five mm-hmm. minutes. Send a text to your loved ones. Nothing. Dang they just it. they just stole it from him. They just took his phone. Ugh. Do you still text him so he gets him when he gets his phone back? I usually do. I haven't really been doing it so much this time. Um, it's only been two days. You can start. I could. Very easily. I don't know. I probably will. Hmm. Okay. I used to. And he's he said that... I have done that in the past. And he said that he really likes it. The only thing is that... Then he just, like, I don't even know if he reads them. Like, <laughs> I'll send him stuff, and he'll ask me. The same question. Yeah. It's like, but if you would look at your, I thought you read them. <laughs> he said he likes them. I don't know. He likes His that actions, you do it. 
He likes that you do it. He likes to know you're thinking of him. He likes turning on his phone and it blowing up. I right. Guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably a contest to see who has the most ding, 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 ding when right. they turn on their phones. <laughs> if that's the case, I, I bet I win a lot of the time because <laughs> I text him a lot. <laughs> A couple of years ago, we went up caribou hunting, and it happened to be over my birthday. And uh-huh. we had no cell phone service up where we were up above Fairbanks. Uh-huh. And when we came back into service, and we both turned on our phones, we got into service, and they all started dinging. I, mine just went ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Dad was like, what in the hell? And I'm like, it was my birthday. I have all these birthday wishes. This must be nice. <laughs> like 30 messages. <laughs> it was very sweet. Yeah. I liked it. I read them all. I like to tell. I I told, I told Quentin, and it's become like the new joke of that. Like, <laughs> so military spouses get a lot of like discounts. We get like free bags on Alaska Airlines. We get to board the plane early. We get like all of these things for like military family discounts and things. And I was joking with Quentin with everything that went wrong. His last field problem because. Daisy was in the emergency vet and all of this stuff was happening. Both the dogs were sick. Everything was a mess, which Daisy had to go back to the emergency (laughs) vet, you guys. Again. She got into her food and decided to eat five cups in one sitting and her stomach was the size of a gosh darn basketball. (laughs) They took her in emergency, (sighs) like, we have to get her right now. She's in critical care. (laughs) Yeah, they had me sign waivers and everything. It was very scary. She's fine. They were just worried that she might have twisted it, but she did not. She just ate all of her freaking food. All of it. Ugh. Anyway. Anyway, so I, I was joking with Quentin, like, I really earned my, my military discounts. <laughs> and he just laughed so hard. He thought that was the funniest thing. So I'm earning my military discounts <laughs> with these long field problems that go wrong all at every turn. That's funny. We've bantered a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're trying to clean house. We're we giving are. you something to remember us by. Yeah. A lot of our lot of our listeners have commented of like, it's like I'm sitting there drinking coffee with you. It's like my I'm sitting there in the room and we're mm-hmm. all just talking and so this is our, our coffee break. <laughs> Which are better than the ones like I thought I was listening to a true crime podcast and all I heard about was mom's life story. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I found that we You have- can't you can't please everyone. No, I, there have been a couple of times when I give people the option to like skip the banter. I'll say like, go to this minute marker. We bantered a lot. If you want to just hear mm-hmm. the story, only like 30% of our listeners actually did skip that. Skip the banter. Yeah. So I think the majority of them like it. Okay. Perhaps. So well. if you're in the minority, I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> we love you still. It's fine. But let's give them what they really want. Let's talk some murder with my mom. Let's go. The case that started the case. It's the case, Mom. You know, had we known about the case from our old house, yeah, the Amy Sue Patrick case, had we known about that before, we probably would have. That could have been a reason to start the (laughs) podcast as well. Yeah, but this case, this case, which we also have a weird connection to. to. What? (laughs) Yes, and we'll talk about that. Oh my god. (laughs) 
Are we just weird or is it Alaska? I don't. It's a small world. I don't know. I don't know. Do we have like more murders per capita than anybody else? I don't know. I don't think so. But it's weird that we have another connection to this case. I'm going to Google it. Which state has the murders per capita? But we don't have a lot of gang-related crime anymore. There was in the 80s. Louisiana, then Missouri, <laughs> and then South Carolina. Let's see what uh, let's see where Alaska rates here. Louisiana, Missouri. Oh, we're <laughs> we're sixth on the list. Oh, okay, we're sixth. Well, small population. <laughs> yeah, every murder bumps that up. <laughs> right. We have twelve point three murders per hundred k. Okay. People in our population. Louisiana is the highest with almost double that. They have 22.9. They can keep it. I don't know why Louisiana is so high. I didn't expect Because they feed them. them to the crocodiles. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they feed them to the grizzly bears. Missouri, South Carolina, Arkansas. Missouri has a lot of ga- uh, gang crime. And we've got St. Louis and Kansas City both. Right. And universities. And we've got right. just a lot of crime there. South Carolina, I'm not really sure. And then it's Arkansas. Which seems weird to me. Tennessee and then Alaska. The sixth on the list. Interesting. Anyway. So, yeah, we have a weird murder connection to this one as well. All right. So, this is the last one. Uh, We wanted to end with a good one. And so we are ending with the case that, of course, we have said started it all. And what we mean by that is that not only do we have a weird connection to this case, but also... This case, it has so many twists and turns, and we haven't seen it talked about anywhere. Like Not in other podcasts, not no. in, like, investigation ID specials, not 2020, no. not Dateline. Yeah, it did make some national, like, articles, but it was just blurbs, and it didn't even get to the real meat of the case. So I don't know if we're going to see things in a couple years from now, because... There I'll are get to it. Things have been um, unsettled, delayed with COVID because this <laughs> happened in 2019, Shocking. of course. Mm-hmm. Um, which we'll get into all of that, but there are still some pieces that are up in the air, and so I'm wondering if once those pieces come down, we'll start seeing things come out. But there's enough here already to talk about. There right. really is, and there's not any doubt in in guilt of the parties, parties involved, mm-hmm. right? So we'll discuss it. I guess everyone is innocent until proven guilty in a court of we'll law. Say alleged on some things, probably. on some things, but mm-hmm. not on others. Right. I have some. I have some closure for you. <laughs> but in the meantime, this is the case. This is the murder of Cynthia Hoffman. All right. I also want to say before we get into anything here that there is a pretty big trigger warning on this one. I hate to end on one that is such a heavy case, but it does get pretty dark here for a while towards like the middle of the episode. I do want to let you know that going in, the trigger warnings specific to this episode are graphic content, sexual assault of minors, and child pornography is what we're going to discuss a little bit. I know this is our last episode for a while, so a lot of you might not want to skip it, but if you do want to skip the case content and just hear our banter at the end or our ending of the show, you can skip to minute marker. One hour, 23 minutes, and 15 seconds. All right, we are going to start off our story today in Anchorage, Alaska, which is somewhere we've been many, many a time. (laughs) (laughs) 
And this is going to be in the summer of 2019. I am going to start off like I so often do by talking about a girl. Cynthia Hoffman was 19 years old when our story takes place. Her family and a bunch of her friends knew her as Cece. Cynthia was living in a trailer in the east side of Anchorage with her dad, Timothy, her mom, and her boatload of siblings. Mm. Boatload? How many is that? (laughs) Well, I didn't get an exact number. So she came from a very large blended family, and so some of the source material broke it down differently. Okay. (laughs) Um, His, hers, theirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Previous marriages Mm -hmm. and all of this. So um, a lot is safe to say. Cynthia was very close with her dad. It sounds like they had a really beautiful relationship. He was her confidant. They were partners in crime. Mm -hmm. Cynthia was working as an apprentice for her father at his construction company at the time, and she also had a job at a local restaurant. How old was she? 19. Okay. Cynthia had graduated from service high school about a year before a story takes place, which makes makes sense. She's 19 Mm -hmm. years old. She graduated on time. Mm -hmm. But Cynthia's life was not without challenges. Cynthia had been diagnosed with a learning disorder from the time she was very young. In 2019, 19-year-old Cynthia had the maturity and intelligence of a 12-year-old. This is important to the story. It is. Very I think that her perseverance through all of the challenges she must have faced in getting a stable job, graduating on time, all of that, I think, says a lot about her character and her tenacity. Cynthia was not one to give up when the going got tough. Mm -hmm. Our story is going to start on June 1st of 2019. This was a Saturday, and the Hoffman family was spending their day helping a close friend of theirs work on a camper van for a small chunk of change. Things were going well, the weather was a, that day was a balmy 50 degrees, and the work was finished quickly. Balmy. <laughs> balmy 50 degrees. I would kill for 50 in degrees June. right now. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. in June. Well, <laughs> yeah, there's that. <laughs> the next day was another beautiful Alaskan Sunday. Temperatures hovered in the 50s all day, and the sun was shining full force. This is pretty close to the summer equinox, so the sun rose in Anchorage on that day at 4.36 a.m., and it stayed up all the way until 11.22 p.m. And we're saying it goes down. It's still dusk outside. Yeah, I was going to say... get dark. (laughs) Right. I was going to say that um, twilight ended at 1 in the morning, so there was still light out well into... Like middle 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. And with the, the sun rising at 4, it started it to get, get twilight light. again like two. at like 2.30. Yeah. Right. So quite a long day. On this day, Cynthia had arranged to meet with her sister so that she could get her portion of the money that she had earned working on the camper the day before. She texted her dad to let her know that she was heading to meet with her sister But Cynthia would not end up making that meeting. She was never seen alive again. When Cynthia didn't show to the meeting with her sister, alarm bells were immediately raised. Timothy would end up going to the police pretty pretty immediately after Cynthia didn't show up for that meeting. Unfortunately, the police told Timothy that he had to wait 24 hours before they would file a missing persons report. You do not have to wait. (laughs) 
some departments so will say that it's like an agency rule, but not like a federal or legal right. rule. Because she was an adult. Yeah. Bullshit. It's bullshit. Yeah, but she did, did not have the mentality of an adult. No. <laughs> Timothy was pissed off, and rightfully so. I mean, in his mind, police were not listening to him or taking Cynthia's disappearance seriously. Despite her developmental disabilities, which he said put her at a much greater risk for harm and vulnerability in these kinds of situations, which well, is which is true. A twelve-year-old is way more trusting. Yeah. yeah. Whether someone else targeted her or she was involved in an accident, her disabilities made her vulnerable. But the police turned a blind eye. The police later said that they were not told that she had this disability, which is complete. A complete lie. A flat-out lie, if you're listening to Why would you not the family. tell the police right. that when you're trying he to report no her missing? He has no motive to lie about that or no. to not hold, to withhold that information. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, and he's very clear that he told them. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, he said, police said. Mm-hmm. And it was one, it was probably one policeman that came, came to take the report or didn't. Yeah. That he talked to, and they had this preconceived notion that she's an adult, blah, blah, blah. And they stopped listening. Yep. Yeah. That's too bad. Cynthia's dad, Timothy, was getting more and more concerned as the hours passed by. By this point, it was well into the evening, and he still hasn't heard from his daughter in hours, and she hasn't responded to any of his texts or calls, which is way outside the norm for her. He was... He was um, in an interview, and I, I can't give an exact quote because I didn't write down the exact words that he said, but the gist of it was, my kids answer their phones. Like, I don't care if you're taking an SAT test. I don't care if you're hanging out with friends. I don't care if you're in the hospital. You answer when dad calls. Like, mm-hmm. it was ground into their brains from, like, the first day. So for her to not answer was, A, unacceptable in his eyes. And B, just something that they did not do. She did not do. That would not have happened if everything was okay. Timothy knew in his gut that something wasn't right from the moment that he got the call from Cynthia's sister saying that she hadn't shown. Despite the police's inaction, Timothy was not one to sit around idly by. He called around to all the local news stations to get more people looking for his daughter And then he set out on his motorcycle to local back roads and nature trails looking for any sign of her or anyone who might have seen his daughter. He didn't know where she went. Like, Mm -mm. all they knew, the last that they knew was that she was heading to her sister's house. Right. Um, And he would get clues. I'll get into it. Okay. Okay. So just hold on. (laughs) Hold that thought. But yes, at this point, he does not know anything about where she could be. When he was asked about this point in time he said quote i floored it all over town doing speed limits i shouldn't have been doing looking for my kid end quote he was very tenacious and no idea where to even start no no he was just going anywhere as the hours passed timothy was flooded with calls and text messages offering support or help in looking for his daughter but there were several that he was getting from one particular person that kind of stood out to him Cynthia's best friend was a girl that he knew as Angela. Timothy and Cynthia's family all knew this girl as Angela, okay? But Cynthia and several of her schoolmates knew her as Denali. So she she kind of went by two names. And I don't know exactly 
Why? Her legal name was Denali. I could find no evidence that she was trans or gender questioning, gender queer, or non-binary. So... Don't know why there's a name change. I don't know about the different names, but some people knew her as Angela and some people knew her as Denali. What are you going to refer to her as? I'm going to refer to her as Denali because that's her legal name and that's what she appeared in in all of the news documents. Okay, so Denali is texting the dad. Yes. Offering help. Mm -hmm. So she says, let me see, where was I in my notes? So Denali kept texting Timothy and telling him about how she had picked up Cynthia earlier in the day and taken Cynthia to Polar Bear Park at Cynthia's request. Denali insisted that she hadn't seen Cynthia since dropping her off at 4 p.m. that afternoon. On Sunday. On Sunday. Okay, well, now we have somebody who puts themselves with her. Mm -hmm. At Polar Bear Park at 4 p.m. Okay. Denali told Timothy... But Cynthia had been wearing blue jeans, a hoodie, and tennis shoes. The text messages were pretty confusing for Timothy. I mean, it's not like his daughter to lie to him, and there was no reason he could think of for Cynthia to want to go to that park. He thought she was going to go meet with her sister. Where is Polar Bear Park? Is it in Anchorage? Yes. It's by um, Russian Jack Springs Mm -hmm. Park or Russian Jack Park, whatever that one Mm -hmm. is that's right there. North side of Anchorage. Yeah. And it's just, it's just like a, a little park, nature right. preserve, walking mm-hmm. trails, maybe it's a little playground. Polar Bear Park because it has this playground on it that has like this giant polar bear face on their jungle gym equipment. Mm-hmm. So it's Polar Bear Park. Cynthia hadn't told anyone in her family about this strange visit to the park, and she was not one to keep secrets like that. In Denali's text messages to Timothy, she said, quote, I hope she comes home safely. She's my best friend. I'm starting to get worried. I don't trust what she said about that guy. I love her too, and I want what's best for her. I want her to come back. She won't answer me. She's ignoring everyone. I know she will come home safe, end quote. What guy? What guy? Exactly. That's exactly what Timothy is thinking. So Timothy started pressing Denali for details about this mysterious guy she was talking about. But Denali couldn't or wouldn't give him, give him any more information. Eventually, finally, 24 hours had passed since Cynthia's disappearance and the police were finally willing to get involved. Timothy gave them the text messages that he had received from Denali about this guy that Cynthia had potentially been meeting with. So as soon as the police get a hold of these text messages, they want to talk to Denali and they want to talk to this guy. Right. Rightfully so. Right. Shouldn't have waited 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Denali was 18 years old. I don't think I mentioned that before, but she's a little bit younger than Cynthia, but they're pretty close in age. So she's 18. And of course, the police wanted to talk to her to see, because she could potentially be the last person who saw Cynthia before right. she disappeared, right? Aside from her killer. Well, she's put herself as the last person to see her. Very true. Mm-hmm. Yes. Denali and Cynthia were pretty close friends who had met in high school. The two of them hung out frequently, and there are several photos of them floating around on social media together, and they're smiling, and they have captions tagged, hashtag BFF. Mm -hmm. So they they were pretty close friends. Before police would even get a chance to talk to Denali, though, they would get a pretty alarming phone call from Denali's mother, who is a woman named Nicole. 
Lots of names this time, guys. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to try and iron it out as clearly as I can. Mom, please let me know if you get a little okay. lost in the names so I can explain better. But there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of people involved in this case. So. Mm-hmm. There are, and a lot of them go by two, two names. names. <laughs> so try We're just going to be as very, simple as possible. Very simple. <laughs> this is Denali. Yes. This is Cynthia, not Cece. Yes. Is, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'll use the same names mm-hmm. consistently. Okay. All right. So Nicole is Denali's mom. Nicole called the police and said that on the night that Cynthia went missing, Denali came home with a friend of hers that <laughs> Nicole knew the friend is Anthony. The friend's real legal name is Caden. Right. So we're going to go by Caden. We're going by Caden. Okay. Well, that's how we knew him as too. We knew Caden. <laughs> yes. We knew Caden. Caden was friends with Sam, Sam. my brother. Yeah. So, so keep that in mind. We'll, we'll talk, talk about more about it. it we'll as talk we more about Caden. Get into Caden here in a bit. Mm-hmm. But Caden and Denali come home to Denali's house. Denali's mom. This is the night that Cynthia night. went missing. Yeah. So Denali's Sunday night. mom has kind of a creepy interaction with her. So Nicole said that on the night that Cynthia went missing, Denali came home with this friend of hers, Caden. Anthony. Caden. Anthony. Mm-hmm. Caden. Um, some people knew him as Anthony, but we, We're his legal him? name is Caden. Okay. The news had been on that night, and of course, the local station was talking about Cynthia's disappearance already. When Nicole made a comment about how tragic it was and that she hopes Cynthia will be found and returned home safely, Caden chimed up and said that Cynthia was dead and that she was never going to come home. He just said that? He just out with it. Uh. Yeah. So it wasn't long after that that Caden and Denali left Nicole's house and Denali didn't come home that night. So now Nicole is worried about her daughter's safety too, right. about Denali's safety. Because this guy is just like, she's dead. She is dead. She's not coming home. She's never going to come home. And it sounded like it was different than just the like, oh, I, I don't know no. if they're going to find her. Right, like, right. I don't know if we're going to find her alive. Like sometimes in these situations. It was very factful. It's very um, factual, and something about it rubbed Nicole wrong enough that she the wrong called way the that police. she called the police on her own daughter and friend. Well, she's also and worried the, the daughter's gone now. Missing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So police started trying to tra- to track down Denali and Caden, but it would be a few days before they would be able to track them down. In the meantime, just two days after she disappeared. The body of 19-year-old Cynthia Hoffman was found in the woods along the trunk Thunderbird Falls trailhead. Mom, do you want to talk about that area pretty briefly? Yes. We've been to Thunderbird Falls many times. I think we've talked about it on the podcast before, Mm -hmm. just the basic area. It's a pretty steep trail. It's a couple miles back, but it goes back to the Thunderbird Falls, and it's very canyon. Mm-hmm. You have overlooks over rock face cliffs that look down to the creek. Mm-hmm. And then you can um, hike up to the base uh, or up to an overlook over the waterfall. Mm-hmm. Or Where you, you can, see it from the top of the canyon and you see it like looking down at the waterfall. Well, kind of mid. You're looking at the waterfall, waterfall. straight ahead. Right. But the ground is far below, far below. you. <laughs> or there's a side of the trail you can go down and hike down to the base of yes, the waterfall. Which is another steep 
trail downward. It's steep. And, and you get down to the base and you can, there's a river that mm-hmm. feeds, I think it's the Eklutna River that feeds the Thunderbird Falls and the, the river that flows out of Thunderbird Falls. Mm-hmm. So it's all the Eklutna River. It's beautiful it's gorgeous beautiful beautiful (laughs) no matter what time of year you go yeah we've gone where it was minus six degrees our (laughs) eyelashes were frozen but we got to see a frozen waterfall you guys and the ice formations in the river and stuff it's really amazing we've been up there out of 10 would recommend we've been up there in the spring get murdered we've been up there in the summer there's um i was talking to one of my technicians one time and they said that they were up there one year and they'd gone up on the upper trail thank goodness because when they got up to the top and they were looking down there were two grizzly bears fighting oh at the base of the waterfall wow. like i would pay money to see that I mean, i'd be hiking now <laughs> I, i'd be getting out of there <laughs> but pretty it's just it's one of those beautiful it's one of those things that we and have it's people short <laughs> two miles i think to get mm-hmm. back um, we have people that come out of town, like, we're going to go to Thunderbird Falls. That's where we're going to go on this hike. And it's just mm-hmm. beautiful, quintessential waterfall in the canyon. Right. Steep trail overlooks over the cliff, which play a part in this. Yeah. So she was not found at um, on any of the main trails. So we've just talked about the two main trails, the one that goes to the overlook where you're looking at the waterfall straight ahead, but the ground is far below you in the canyon. And then there's the second spin-off trail that goes down to the to ground the level mm-hmm. where you can see the waterfall from below. And this, her body was not found on either of these trails. Her body was found farther downstream, the Eklutna River, like on a riverbank. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Cynthia's hands and feet had been bound with duct tape. She had been shot once in the back of the head. I think her body was found by a couple of hikers. Nobody explicitly said that, but I mean, who else I think would have found it? Yeah, I, I seem to remember that when the case broke. Right. Cynthia's family had no idea who could possibly want to hurt her or why. Or why she was at Thunderbird Falls. So Thunderbird right. Falls is north of Eagle River. Yeah, it is not in the Anchorage area. No, so it's closer to the valley, like Wasilla, Wasilla than it Palmer is. area. Yeah, it's kind of... It it's, it's almost a halfway point. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe a little bit closer. It's a little bit closer. It's a halfway point between, we'll say, um, the Wasilla Palmer area and Eagle River, maybe. Mm-hmm. I would say it's halfway between that. Yep. But um, Eagle River is the northmost part of Anchorage. Right. So you're going north out of Anchorage. Um, it's probably a 25-minute drive out from, the, like, out the eastern Park. Anchorage where they would have lived to... To the parking lot for the trails, probably. Yeah, I would say about mm-hmm. 25 to 30 minutes, depending on how fast you were going. But, yeah, by all accounts, the people in Cynthia's life loved her very dearly. But... Of course, police still have a lot of questions. They have questions about this mysterious guy. They have questions about where Denali and Caden could be. They want to talk to Denali and Caden now. Lots of lots of moving parts right now in the right. investigation. And uh, still up to these point up to this point, these kids are still missing. So Denali and Caden have not shown up. Caden was at this point living in the streets. So he was a homeless Mm 16-year-old. Yeah, he was 16. So he was a homeless 16-year-old at this point. Denali lived with her mom, obviously, but she still hasn't been home. And now we're two days out Mm. from when Cynthia was last seen. 
Luckily, though, it would not take long for police to track down Denali and Caden. And okay, so as I kind of talked about before, I'm sorry, I'm trying to like edit my notes verbally because I had it written out a little or structured a little bit differently. And then mom gets into the mix and <laughs> yeah, I decided about I things. wanted to, I, I changed around how I wanted to talk about it, so I'm sorry. Um, but so I'm sorry that these details are not as cohesive as I usually would like them to be, but. Caden McIntosh was 16 years old when this was happening, and this is the Caden that we're talking about. So it's a little unclear, as like I was saying before, the reason that these kids went by different names. But like I said, Caden and Denali are their legal names. Caden's 16, Denali's 18, okay? Sorry, I feel like I'm repeating details a little bit. Because <laughs> you are. We'll make it work. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I can't say exactly what was said when investigators questioned Caden and Denali this this first time. I'm not positive what evidence they had. Because they had the, the body, pair. right? They did have the mm-hmm. body. But I know that what evidence they did have must have been pretty damning because Caden was arrested on June 5th. Now, her body was found on June 4th. So he was arrested just a the day later. Day. And she'd only been gone for two days uh-huh. before her body was found. Denali was arrested on June 7th. They arrested Caden first. Mm-hmm. Okay. So all of this is happening very, very fast. It was just boom, 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 boom. I mean, Cynthia went missing on June 2nd. Okay. So this is all just unraveling very quickly. Directly following their arrests, Denali and Caden were pretty tight-lipped about what had happened to Cynthia. Denali would be granted bail, which was paid for by her mother, and she was released. But Caden didn't really... Caden was kept in police custody. From the sounds of it, even if Caden had been granted bail, he wouldn't have anyone in his life to pay bail for him. Do you want me to talk about Caden now? This would be a good... This would be a good spot to do that, yes. Okay, so I knew Caden very briefly. Mm -hmm. Sam's friend. Mm Mm-hmm. 10 or 11 years old. They were Mm -hmm. kids. Yeah. Sam had his birthday party. Well, I mean, this happened when Caden was 16. It wasn't... He was still a kid. I know. This happened, so it wasn't all that long. Younger kid. He was, I said, 10 or 11. It was Sam's birthday, and he came to the house Mm -hmm. to go to the birthday party. And we were going to Anchorage to H2 Oasis, which is an indoor water slide park. Mm-hmm. the only one in Alaska. And um, that's where we were going for Sam's birthday. Mm-hmm. And Caden rode with us. I think there were two rigs that went. I, my parents drove one and we drove one because there were so many kids and we were trying to get everybody to Anchorage. Yeah. And Caden was in our pickup with Sam. And I it, it doesn't surprise me to hear that he was homeless and on the streets Within mm-hmm. just a few years of us knowing him, yeah, he smelled like cat pee. Mm. He, we had to roll the windows down, and I, it's, I mean, it's not a reflection on him; it's his upbringing. I, he smelled like cat pee. Yeah. His clothes smelled like cat pee. His hair smelled like cat pee. They, uh, after we got home, after we went to the um, water slide park. Of course, we're in water. He's taking showers mm-hmm. at the park. Yeah. We go to leave. His clothes smelled oh. like cat pee. Wow. Oh. And he said that he they had cats in their 
trailer that they lived in and uh-huh. one had given birth on his pile of laundry or oh, no. something to that effect or his bedding i can't remember so there was an issue that they had two cats and then all of a sudden they had like eight cats <laughs> and oh, no. they were uh, you know they weren't kittens at this point yeah anyway we went to take him home and he lived uh, he wasn't in Sam's class, but Sam mm-hmm. befriended him on the school bus, which mm. Sam tends to do. He <laughs> Sam just makes <laughs> friends. friends with everybody. Yeah, so Caden sat with him on the school bus. They became friends, invited Caden to his birthday party, mm-hmm. which is in October. School starts in August, so um, they hadn't known each other very long. But anyway, we went to take him home. This poor kid lived in a little 25-foot trailer or i think it was a motor home in a little crappy rv park right off the highway and he lived there with his sister mom and i don't know if it was dad or stepdad at the time but um the impression we got was that the living conditions were well below stellar or standard like maybe some neglect happening there yeah at the least. At the least. Not to mention yeah. the living with cat feces and, and right. um, going to school smelling like... I can't I can't imagine this poor kid having to go to school like that. Sam is my rescue ranger. And <laughs> he rescues. He rescues, rescues everybody. I like to say he brings home strays. I don't know if that's a good thing to say about this, somebody or not. But, but. Um, it's... That's where we know Caden. He came to our house, which is the same house that Amy Sue Patrick was kidnapped <laughs> yeah, from. He came to the murder house. He came to the murder house, <laughs> interesting enough. He but went in there. I, like I said, it just doesn't surprise me that this kid was living on the streets because yeah. he was really behind the eight ball to begin with. And I knew him, right. what, four or five years before this happened. So right. very briefly, I can't save him. Sam couldn't save him. It wasn't your guys' job. It wasn't job. our job. I know. I'm just saying we didn't. We weren't trying because it wasn't yeah. our job. But we we understood the circumstances were not ideal for children. Mm-hmm. There's never been anything that I could find that came out about him having suffered any abuse. Mm-hmm. The media didn't pick up on any neglect. I I don't think OCS was involved. But he was 16 years old and living on the street. Mm-hmm. So. He was. Yes. Yeah. So there's there's a lot that we don't know about about his past. Um, what we do know is anecdotal evidence from our own family's experiences with him. Right. Yeah. All right. So at 16, he's living on the streets. His parents had cut him out of their lives completely, but I don't know the story that happened there. It wasn't in any of the media sources. If it was behavioral or... Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, he was 16 at the time, so that might have limited what they were able to find out. I I can tell you. I'd right. love to be able to give you more insight I mean, on that. I mean, it's really interesting that these kids' names were released. And he's 16. Right. And we're talking about him <laughs> by yeah. name. It's because he ended up being tried as an adult. Right. That's why. But we will get further into that here in a little bit. Okay. All right. So the thing is... After Denali was out on bail, the police started sifting through the teen's phone data, and what they found made them revoke Denali's bail. 
and led to her sitting in jail awaiting trial rather than being out in the community. Good. Yeah. On her phone, they found a string of conversations that conversations that Denali had been having with a man named Tyler. The text conversations were easily recovered by investigators, and they've painted a very dark and disturbing picture. Denali had started an online relationship with Tyler. Tyler told Denali that he was a very wealthy man living in Kansas. Tyler had been grooming Denali to do some pretty disgusting things for him. Police found child pornography on Denali's phone that she had been creating for and sending to Tyler. This child pornography was not of Denali herself, but of other children that Denali had come into contact with. And he was pressuring, I wouldn't say pressuring, but he was asking her to do this for yes. him. Mm-hmm. Yes, she did not um, offer this up. This right. was stuff that he definitely Asked initiated. Mm-hmm. That, that does not take any guilt away from her because she then did it. Right. And she was 18. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At one point, Tyler told Denali that he wanted her to sexually assault an eight-year-old, videotape the whole thing, and then send it to him which Denali did. Mm. Then he wanted her to do the same thing to a 14-year-old, and um, I uncovered some of the text messages regarding that, so I'm going to read them. They are hard to hear. Here's your trigger warning. Yep, skip forward 30 seconds or so. Um, Tyler said, quote, so are you going to the 14-year-old? End quote. Denali said, quote, I'm going to buy some weed first. I want to get her high for it so she doesn't fight me. I love you. Soon we can rape redacted together end quote so she was a pretty uh active participant in this she was the one who did this too like he Mm -hmm. wasn't he was he might have been coercing her to do this but she did it right she then did it and gave him when he was states thousands and thousands of miles away Mm -hmm. and then she sent him the materials that she videotaped do you know what he was doing with it when he'd get it was he selling it or he kept it for himself. Oh. He was a slime ball. Oof. And he kept it for himself. Was he offering her money to do this? So it's a little bit unclear on the first two rapes, the 8-year-old and the 14-year-old. Um, we don't know if there was money exchanged there. Uh, between Denali and Tyler. Between mm-hmm. Denali and Tyler. Okay. That comes into play mm-hmm. later. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After Denali assaulted the 14-year-old, Tyler told her that he would pay her $9 million if she raped and murdered someone and filmed the whole thing and sent him the video. As a snuff film. Correct. Mm -hmm. So that is just what they found on her phone. Um, They found not only the 8-year-old and 14-year-old child pornography, but also this snuff film. Of Cynthia Hoffman being murdered. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Photos and videos over Snapchat. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Understatement of the century. Mm -hmm. Well, I know about this case and it's still. There's no words for that. Right. Yeah. It would be one thing if you were coming into it blind. I think your reaction (laughs) might have been a little bit different. But But I, I know what's coming out of this. Oh, I can tell mom's anxious. She's got her hair. She's wringing her wringing hair. my hair in my hands. <laughs> wringing it like a rag. Oh. 
I'm yeah, rubbing my face. Unpleasant. <laughs> All right. So, uh, as I said, that was enough to get Denali's bail revoked. As the days went by, Denali and Caden, behind bars, started to slowly open up about the events that led to Cynthia's murder. The, the crux of the story is Denali wanted that $9 million. Um, she didn't think that she would be able to commit the murder and dispose of a body by herself. So she had to recruit some other people to help her carry out this heinous act. In return, of course, for a cut for of money. the profits. Mm-hmm. That this rich Tyler was going to give her. Yep. Denali got a car to commit the murder by promising $500,000 to a 19-year-old named Caleb Leland. Denali got the car from Caleb, and then she picked up Caden before then going to get Cynthia. Okay, are we tracking the names here? Caleb and Caden get kind of confusing, but Caleb supplied the car. Supplied the car in exchange for five hundred thousand dollars. Present for the murders, he was at his house the whole time, Mm -hmm. but he knew what what they were doing, Mm -hmm. and he uh, was willing to take money from them for doing it in his car, with his car anyway. So Denali picks up the car, and then she goes and gets Caden, and they together go and get Cynthia. Just the two of them get Cynthia? As far as I know, yes. Okay. The two of them. Cynthia, Caden, and Denali drove around on the park's highway between Anchorage and Thunderbird Falls. Now, what I remember... multiple times. Yeah, what I remember is that Cynthia was like, hey, let's go for a hike up Thunderbird Falls. And her best friend is like, oh, that sounds like fun because it's like late in the day. It's kind of like evening time. Let's go. I don't know that Cynthia is the one that brought it up. I didn't hear that. Oh. I but <laughs> seem to remember that they, they... They had framed it to her as like a hike. Right. Like, let's go hiking. Yes. Yes. But I don't think Cynthia was the one to suggest that. I think that it was... Um, I think that it was Caden and Denali who oh. suggested it based on my source material. Well, I thought, yeah, what I meant was that, I'm sorry. Okay. That Denali <laughs> suggested to Cynthia, let's yes. go for this hike. Denali, I got my yes. names mixed yes, up. Yes, I'm yes, sorry. Yes. Denali okay. suggested to Cynthia, <laughs> let's go for a hike. Let's do this big best BFF thing. We'll go up mm-hmm. Thunderbird Falls. It's evening time. Yeah. Yeah. But before she suggests that, they've been driving around on the park's highway smoking marijuana together. Okay. And the then she, yes. Okay. And then she suggests that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they park at the Thunderbird Falls trailhead. Um, Cynthia's dad, Timothy, says that he could not picture his little girl smoking marijuana. Now, I know there's like, "Eh, okay, well, she was 19. Do 19-year-olds tell their dad anything? But she also had the (laughs) developmental intelligence of a 12-year-old. So It might have been the first time she tried it, too. It could have been. Timothy said that he doesn't think that it was something that she normally did. And he believes that if it happened... He thinks she was pressured into doing it or that it might never have happened at all and that Denali's just lying about that detail. But really, the only people who know are Caden and Denali who Mm -hmm. were there. All right. Now, this is a sunny June day. That trail was packed. I mean, it's a Sunday. It's a Sunday afternoon. There's a lot of people that hike that trail. It's sunny. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Usually when I go and hike that trail, especially on a summer day, especially on a weekend, especially in the afternoon, the parking lot is full. You have to park on Mm -hmm. the side of the road. True. 
So I, it's a I, small parking lot, but yes. <laughs> yeah, but it would not have been an empty trail. Right. Well, it it's only a couple miles long too. So you're constantly meeting and people passing by uh-huh. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the way that Denali and Caden, who had these nefarious um, purpose right. for being there, got around this is that they did not go on the main trail. Do you know, I don't know if you've seen it, but behind the bathrooms at the trailhead, there's like another trail that goes down a steep, steep, steep embankment. And then and it follows not, the river, yeah. right? Yes. And you're not supposed to go down right. there, but people do. Yes. And it follows the river up. Mm-hmm. Like you, instead of going up the the cliff side, you yeah. walk up alongside the river, basically. Correct. And it's very steep. Yeah. So it is not advised that you go try hiking down this trail. We are not telling you to go hiking down this trail, especially on like before it's full-blown summer and that trail is muddy. Can be very dangerous. So and the water runs high at that time of year too. It does. Mm-hmm. Right now, you would probably die. <laughs> well, right it's now there's probably safe. still a lot of ice and mud, and it would be it would slick and, be not okay to no. try that that but, particular trail. There's a reason that it's not like a marked trail. There's a reason it doesn't have handrails. It doesn't have anything like that. It's because they don't want people going down there. Right. No, there are safer ways to see the river. It doesn't have steps built into the cliff it side does not. like the other trails do. It's very slick. Mm-hmm. Very slick, very kind of treacherous. But so that's where they went to get some privacy. As they were going along, uh, they get to kind of this quiet part. They were several hundred yards into the woods at this point at the base of this cliff. So they're walking along the river at this point. And the river is pretty loud, right? So it would have masked any any noises mm-hmm. that were coming from them. Denali stops walking and she says, hey, Cynthia, do you know what would be a really funny prank? We could all duct tape each other and then pretend like we're being kidnapped or something. That sounds hilarious. Yeah. Now, Cynthia, again, I mean, she she's developmentally a 12-year-old. And she wants to fit in. And the last thing that she wants is to be seen as weird. And this is a person that she trusts. It's her best friend. Mm-hmm. So Cynthia agrees. And of course, Denali and Caden convince her that she needs to be tied first. The two duct tape her at the ankles and wrists, wrists and put a strip of duct tape over her mouth. But Cynthia starts freaking out as soon as the duct tape is on her. Right. Especially when she sees that they're not duct taping themselves each other. or mm-hmm. each other. So she starts freaking out. In order to kind of calm her down a little bit, they take the duct tape off of her mouth and they loosen it at her wrists, but they don't take it fully off. Cynthia started shouting that she was going to, going to call the police and tell them that they had tell the police that they had sexually assaulted her, which her autopsy did not so, show any evidence of sexual assault. Nor did they have it on Snapchat. Not that the police not, found, not right. that they were charged with. Right. I don't... Uh, but if she said... And there are ways to sexually assault or humiliate someone that do without, not leave marks, mm-hmm. that do not... And if they didn't photograph that part, or if Caden has it on his... I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. There are ways they could have gone around it, but there's no evidence that who's, it happened. Who's telling the police that she said that she's going to call the police... And uh, tell them they're, they're I think sexually that it was assaulted. Denali said that. Why would you offer that up? 
Denali held a 9mm pistol to Cynthia's head and told her that she wouldn't be calling anyone. Denali's courage faded, though. Uh, uh, did it fade, though? There's some, like, mixed reports here of then exactly what happened. Right. Denali says that Caden took the gun from her. Caden says he blacked out. He doesn't remember taking the gun, but he remembers shooting Cynthia in the back of the head. he's the one that pulled the trigger. Yeah. And then he takes that back and he says, no, Denali was the one who shot her. So they start to argue in police custody about who was the one to actually pull the trigger. But the initial story that police get out of them. Caden took the gun. Caden took the gun from Denali and he shot Cynthia and he says he blacked out. And that's the story that police go with. That's the story that a lot of news outlets went with. It was only later, after lawyers and things started to move forward, that the story changed. Okay. Caden was then the one to push her body into the river. Denali was the camera woman of this whole operation. So she has her phone out, like, the whole time. Mm-hmm. She says she's in- getting $9 million for right. this film. And I don't know if police ended up finding the actual footage of the shooting. I know that it exists, I know that it was filmed, filmed because Taylor got it Tyler got it over Snapchat. But there's there's question of to what it actually showed or who is actually holding the gun. I'm guessing very few people, if anybody besides Tyler has ever seen, seen it. Right. Right. Okay. Even um, based even if- on the charges, Caden is the one holding the gun. Okay. Based on the charges. He's the one. And that's what I have believed since it happened. Oh, yeah. Because that's what I was fed by the media, but Well, (laughs) yeah. All right. So Denali sends these photos and videos to Tyler over Snapchat documenting the whole thing. They get back up to the top of the trailhead and they make another video that Denali posted on her Snapchat story. So... I don't know, Mom, do you know what stories are? I feel like you know what stories are. You're very social media savvy, right? Yeah, I know what stories are. Yeah, so it's like this Mm 24-hour, like, little video or photos that disappears after 24 Mm -hmm. hours. And you can do that I see them quite frequently from Megan or Viridian or... Yeah, Facebook and and Instagram have stories, but Snapchat was, like, the OG story space, right? right? And so they post a video and they put it to um, Denali's Snapchat story, and it's Denali talking to the camera... And it's kind of close up on her face. You can see Caden in the background and you can see Woods in the background. They think this was taken at Thunderbird Falls at the, mm-hmm. at the trailhead. Um, she posted a story on her Snapchat and it said, quote, she said, addressing her followers, quote, I just want to thank everyone that's been there for me my whole life and these past few years and everything. I fucked up. I know I did. If I could take back what I've done, I can't. I'm sorry. My family, my friends, I guess you will hear from me when you hear from me, but I won't be back for a long time. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do it, end quote. A little too late for that. Yeah, and Caden was seen in the background just pacing. So it's like this minutes is after. Like, yeah. why couldn't you have had that thought half an hour ago? Right. It just, I'm almost ready to cry. I just, <laughs> so sad. It's so hard. Yeah, so a lot of that is seen as a confession of guilt. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, that was used as evidence in court against them. Although Tyler, who's the one orchestrating all of this behind from the scenes, Kansas, from Kansas, 
Although he had told Denali that he wanted her to murder and rape her victim, like I said, there was no evidence that Cynthia had been sexually assaulted. That's not to say conclusively that she wasn't, because there are ways to do that without leaving evidence. But I digress. After dumping her body in the river, Denali and Caden hiked back to their cart. Once they get back into their car, Denali and Caden decide to text Cynthia's dad, planting the story that Cynthia had been in Polar Bear Park to meet some mysterious man. After they leave the Thunderbird Falls area, the pair went to Fairview Lions Park, which is a different park in Anchorage. Uh, Apparently, Anchorage has very many parks. This one was on the north side. And there they started a small fire and they burned Cynthia's purse, her clothes, and ID. I don't know exactly what clothes they burned or what they took from her body or if she was found clothed or nude or not. Mm-hmm. That Those details were not released right. to the public, period. Probably her jacket that she left in the car. Could something. have been, yeah. yeah. Denali also tried to burn the gun, but of course that did not work very well. Guns are it's not, not flammable. overly flammable, especially without bullets in them. <laughs> Ugh. Um, Tyler was relentless. Within hours after Cynthia's murder, he was already trying to get Denali to rape a 15-year-old and send him photos and videos from the assault. He also tried to get Denali to agree to commit a second murder, but by this point, Denali was done. She She's texted, like, give me the money. <laughs> yeah. She texted Tyler and she told him, quote, I wish I had never made a deal with you in the first place. We can't meet, but once I see a cop, I'm telling him or her that I made you rape people and kill Cece. Now, she specifically used the words, I made, I made you. you rape people and kill Cece. I really think she meant to switch them, right. and it was a typo, but those that's what the text said. Right. So it was probably just a typo. After hearing all of this, investigators' next priority is finding Tyler. They would finally track him down, but wouldn't you know it, Tyler isn't who he said he was either. He's a catfish? No way. (laughs) What? Tyler was really 21-year-old Darren Schillmiller. Darren was not a millionaire, and he did not live in Kansas either. In reality, he lived in New Salisbury, Indiana. Indiana. Police in Indiana tracked down Darren, and right off the bat, he confessed to everything. And he's 21. Yep. He told them, yes, he had told Denali that he was a millionaire. Yes, he had offered to pay her for creating a snuff film. He even told them that he had talked to Denali about creating another snuff film after Cynthia's death. So he's just like, yep, I committed crime after crime after crime after crime. Right? The people in Darren's life had no question in their minds that he was a bad dude. Starting in his teenage years, he was caught multiple times asking young girls for nudes and grooming them online. He had a wide array of fake names and social media profiles where he claimed to be a high school student. He would then use these sites to manipulate young girls, and he was often described as creepy or that there was something off about him. As he got older, he also started asking adults in his life and friendships to send him photos of children as they were bathing or changing. Mm. He also had a fetish for dirty diapers, and he would ask people to send him photos of their baby's dirty diapers as well. That's disgusting. So he was a a class A creep. Mm. (laughs) 
I'm sorry, but if you have kids and some guy is like, hey, can you send me pictures of your baby changing? Like, what does he expect they're going to say? Right. Who is he getting to send him photos of this? Has, has this ever worked for him? Like, what the hell? Oh. I could not. I think if anybody asked me that, I'd be like, okay, I'm changing all the locks on my house. I'm calling the cops. I'm blocking <laughs> your number and I'm calling the cops and you are never allowed. I'm getting a restraining order. Right. <laughs> Absolutely not. Bizarre. Yeah. He, um, Darren had also been investigated for child pornography in the past, but there were no charges brought against him at the time, and the case fell apart. Well, not anymore. No. When Darren told Denali that he wanted her to murder someone, Denali chose Cynthia quickly because she said that she thought she could use Cynthia's trust in her to lure her away. And she did. Mm-hmm. Cynthia's dad, Timothy, said, quote, Her disability just made her want to have friends. That's all she wanted was just to be her friend. End quote. I think that's the interview I saw of him. Yeah. It's taking such advantage of trust. It is. And friendship. It is. To the... To the... I, don't, I don't know how... You have to be some kind of, like sociopath to With be no able to just or be like oh yeah we'll exploit my friend's trust in me to like not even just to like betray her or backstab her but to for my literally own, murder her to my gain i don't i don't understand i don't think any sane person could how you can exploit someone's trust in you to that extent it's we're not talking about like I can't even think of an example right now because I'm mad. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about small potatoes, petty things of like, yeah, I'm going to screw over my friend so that I can get personal gain. This is I'm, I'm going release to release the gossip book. Murder the my gossip friend. book like Mean Girls. Yeah, I'm going to murder my friend that I've known for years to get some money from and my the online boyfriend. Of a guy. I don't understand. There, that. There's also in play here maturity levels of all parties involved not just i know that cynthia is is 12 year old mentality but yeah you're still dealing with teenagers undeveloped brains yeah Mm -hmm. Danelli was 18 kaden was 16 16 why did i think there was more kids involved than because there are there are two others that are unnamed because they were minors at the time but from what i can tell their extent of their involvement was helping to plan the murders and there was some drama with them as well which we'll get into in a little bit but from what i can tell from what every source told me they were not involved past past the planning stage and they were not present okay um but their cases are being handled in juvenile court systems which are completely sealed okay because I, I just had the impression there was more people involved. Than there are three. two other people. Okay. Yes. Which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Okay. After Darren's confession, he was arrested and his phone was searched as well. On his phone, police found photos and videos of all the people that Denali had hurt at his command. 
Was he arrested by Alaska? No, he is. So he was arrested by FBI for his child pornography pornography and like the interstate charges Mm -hmm. as well. But Alaska wanted to try him also for For the murder, the murder, because he is um, conspiracy to commit Mm -hmm. murder. He had several other charges that we'll get into that Alaska is charging him with and that he has to face in Alaska court systems. Okay. Darren's phone also had other child sex abuse materials outside of what he had gotten from Denali. When all of this was said and done, six people were indicted in Cynthia's case. There was Darren, Denali, Caden, Caleb, who they got the car from, and two other teenagers who have not been named up to this point because of their ages at the time. They were minors. All six of them were charged with first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, and murder in the second degree. Caden was tried as an adult. In addition to his murder charges, he was also charged with four counts of tampering with evidence. For burning the stuff? I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. The two other unnamed teens, one was a girl and the other was a boy. And they said that they were involved in the planning stages of the murder, but they didn't see it happen. They just helped Danelli plan for it in exchange for a portion of the money. And they knew that it was happening. And they knew that it was happening. Right. Caleb Leland, the one who gave them the car, he was also charged with the sexual assault of the unnamed girl who was indicted in this crime. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so he had tacked on charges of sexual abuse of a minor for that crime. I wonder if it was, he was her quote-unquote boyfriend, and she was underage, and he was... You know, over 18. Yeah, he was 19. Yeah. So I don't know if that's what it was. The age of consent in Alaska is 16. So maybe we don't know how old she was at all, except for no. she was a minor. So I'm guessing that it was her boyfriend, quote well, unquote. One source said that she had accused him of rape. Oh my gosh. This case. I don't know what context right. that situation was in. A lot of it is still unknown. Right. Okay. Not okay. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Denali and Darren were given additional counts of salation to commit salation to commit murder in the first degree, possession of child pornography, production of child pornography, conspiracy to produce child pornography, and coercion and enticement of a minor. My word. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think they had multiple charges of those for I'm the sure previous mm-hmm. crimes as well. All six of these people initially pled not guilty to all charges. Cynthia's dad said in an interview, quote, I am going to seek justice. I am going to follow this through to the full extent of the law. I will be here every time she is, and I will not let go, end quote. When he Meaning was, Denali. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, this was in a pretrial hearing for Denali. When asked about the number of delays that they were experimenting, experiencing due to covid timothy said quote nothing really disappoints me i am prepared for a long journey end quote and he has been at every hearing as you would be yep denali addressed the court during one of her pre-trial hearings and asked the court not to labor her label her a murderer because quote i don't want my daughter knowing her mom as a killer because i don't see myself as one end quote Denali said that? Yes. She so, had a daughter. <gasps> Hang on. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 
Danelli had never mentioned that she had a daughter to anyone before this point. And it is unclear what the hell is happening with the daughter or what that situation is. What the hell? Yeah. I Was she sending dirty diapers to this guy? Oh my god, I fucking I hope not. I'm guessing the daughter existed because you can't just say something like that and have it not be true. And have it not be anywhere in the news material that Maybe it wasn't true. She didn't have custody or... I'm guessing she didn't have custody. So right. I'm thinking that this was a daughter that she had in high school. And no contact with at this point. And probably or not close contact. Either Denali's mom was taking care of the kid or... The kid's dad. The kid's or dad. The dad's, but... I do not think that this child was living with Denali. Okay. Because nobody knew about it. Yeah. Um, the police didn't know. The investigators didn't know. Nobody involved in the case knew about this daughter. So the only possible explanation for that is that the daughter is not living with Denali. Okay. That being said, there has to have been a, a, been a daughter. Otherwise, we definitely would have heard otherwise that she was lying about that. You know? And we did not hear that. I can't believe she said, I don't see myself as one. Are you kidding me? Ugh. Okay. Denali had grown up in a pretty chaotic household. She had four sisters, and every one of the children living in that house that she had been in growing up had been removed by CPS at some point or another due to abuse at the hands of their mother. So she didn't have a great upbringing either. No. At one point in her upbringing, a man who had been living with their mother was convicted of murdering their two-month-old sister. Oh my gosh. So their stepdad or stepboyfriend guy mm-hmm. killed their two month old sister. Yeah. So Denali was adopted by Nicole early in her childhood, but Denali's living sisters think that the abuse during that time period might have stayed with her. I mean, fair. So Nicole sure. was not the birth mother. Nicole is not the birth mother. Nicole is not the one who was present when mm-hmm. this baby was killed. Okay. This is um, the birth mother, which is not in the picture anymore. Denali did change her plea to guilty not long ago. This was literally in February, February 16th. She changed her plea to guilty. Of this year. Yes. Mm -hmm. Of first degree murder in exchange for having the other charges of conspiracy to commit murder, solicitation, solicitation of murder and tampering with evidence. Those charges are going to be dropped. But she's still getting charged with her FBI level her federal crimes, crimes of child pornography of the child and pornography mm-hmm. production, distribution, mm-hmm. solicitation. Those are different charges. Different. That's federal. Yeah, yeah. And she'll so that's probably, still in the works. Yeah. So she's facing um, her sentencing will not be until August twenty two August twenty two of this year. So we still don't know what she's going to be sentenced. Ninety nine years. Between, she has, without a doubt, she'll be facing at least 30 years just for the state charges with a maximum of 99. For each of the federal federal crimes, it's like between, depending on which charge, it's like between 3 and 15 years. I'm guessing she's going to be in jail for a while. A while. Good. Yeah. But don't call her a murderer. She doesn't feel like she is one. Oh my god. Tell that to Cynthia's dad. Yeah. 
Darren, or Tyler, whatever you want to call him, will be going to trial for the federal charges against him in July, but the state of Alaska wants their turn with him as well. That date is still to be determined. So we'll have some updating to do on this case later this year. Caden and Caleb do not have trial dates set yet for their parts in Cynthia's death. They're both currently in jail, I'm guessing. Yeah, they are both currently in jail. They're not going to be getting out of jail on bond or anything. Mm-hmm. The two unnamed minors, we don't know where their, what their status is because their records are completely sealed. But that, that is the case of Cynthia Hoffman as it stands today. Mm. That is a heartbreaking case. It is. Give her children. Heartbreaking. Oh, that was a lot. That was a heavy last That's episode. a heavy last episode. It is. But it's a story that needs telling and it's a story that has been on our minds a lot, a it's, lot in the past few years. It's a big one. I mean, just like the spark notes of this case, you've got like, well, you've got a young girl who lures and murders mm. her best friend who is also a young girl with developmental disabilities. And this young girl who murdered her has already like sexually assaulted two other babies and then you've got this guy who was involved that we knew who stole the gun and shot her and this $9 million murder for a higher plot snuff film mm. across country, 21-year-old catfish. Like, the spark notes are a lot, right. you know? Right, It's a crazy case. It's crazy. So sad. So many wild turns. I know you probably didn't enjoy the content, but I hope you enjoyed the way we told it. Um, on that note, we have some tips and tricks for you on, on keeping your children safe online in today's world. Of course, none of these are hundred percent foolproof and it's every not day, all be all, it's yeah, every day predators are getting smarter on how to interact with their children. But, and there's a lot of debate. There's a lot of debate on how to handle, um, social media use in adolescence. You don't want to be controlling as a parent. And you want to give them some semblance of of um, independence, but you also want them to be safe. And that's a very difficult line to kind of figure out. And every family has different things that work for them and that they're comfortable with. And I would urge you to find things that you're comfortable with. So I have some tips for you by the U.S. Department of Justice um, that has put out this um, Keeping Children Safe Online informational bullet point list so here are some tips tip number one discuss internet safety and develop an online safety plan with children before they engage in online activity establish clear guidelines teach children to spot red flags and encourage children to have open communication with you that also is good to set that expectation of like so you can have social media but if I feel like this is happening or grades are slipping or you're withdrawing from friends or whatever, Mm -hmm. then this is the consequence. I'm going through your phone. Or if I say the phone is mine, you have to give it to me right now. You do not have 10 seconds to look at it. You give me the phone right now. And consistency is key. This Mm -hmm. really is only effective if if you are adhering to these rules just as vigorously as they are right so if they have to hand it over you have to take it and look at it right um 
there is no like, oh, well, you've been good this time, so I'm not going to do that. That can lead to some um, problems later on. So consistency, consistency, consistency with that 100%. Mm-hmm. I would urge you to keep your child's profile on private. And if you need any any motivation as to why to do that or why that's a good idea, there are two seasons of a show called Undercover Underage available on Hulu. And it's all about these, um, they're researchers and also I think criminologists as well. I haven't watched it in a while, so forgive me if I'm getting some details wrong. I believe it's available on Hulu uh, with a premium subscription, it says. Also on Discovery Plus or Fubo TV, YouTube TV, so look for it. But um, if you're interested, there's also some videos on YouTube that are free of their show. But the base is that it is adults who create profiles imitating children. Um, they use CGI. They use some... Um, techniques to get their 20-year-old models who have consented to this process to look young and interact with strangers on the internet. And, like, predators start messaging these young girls within seconds, seconds of their profile Mm -hmm. becoming public. So um, be careful. Be careful. And watch that show. It's very eye-opening. To catch a predator, one Mm -hmm. of those... Yeah, news stores, uh, Dateline, I get 2020, one of them. And he would be standing in the kitchen when these guys would yeah. walk in looking for their 14-year-old girlfriend because with a box, you know, with yeah. a thing of roses and a bag of condoms. Yeah, so what everything. What are you doing here? Oh, uh, I'm just, I, she said she was going out with a friend, so I wanted to make sure she was protected. Right. I have the text messages right here. Oh, I didn't know how old she was. Well, she says right here, I'm 14. Is that okay? And you said, yes, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, underage, undercover is the one I was talking about. And to Catch a Predator. To Catch a Predator is the one that mom's talking about. I'll put links in the description below. And I'll also put this um, tip sheet that we're reading off mm-hmm. of right now. All right. The next one is supervise young children's use of the internet including periodically checking their profiles and posts, keep electronic devices open, common areas of the home, and consider setting time limits for their use. One very cool way that I think I'm going to implement this in my future family that I saw on, actually it was like a TikTok video, but I'm stealing it for sure, is that um, this family had an iPhone that is considered their home phone. There is Mm -hmm. no expectation of privacy. You can take it with you if the kid is going on a sleepover or if they're going on a flight or something and they need to be contactable. But everybody's contacts and everything are in that. Like your friends, their friends, Mm -hmm. his friends, her friends. And so they can have this phone that they feel like they can use to talk to their friends and everything, but there's no expectation of privacy because it's considered a home phone. This is not a personal phone. phone. This is a family phone. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that. Yep, and it goes with the kids if they need to stay over or something. It's a great way to give young children some a little bit of independence and exposure, but it's still highly monitored and very easy to, like, control in a way that still they feel like they have some independence and they can start learning these rules. Mm -hmm. And, of course, every family is going to be different at what age a kid gets their own phone. You had a phone pretty early because... But I was traveling cross-country. Right, to see your dad. I know. Yeah. Okay, the next one is review games, apps, and social media sites before they are downloaded or used by children. 
Pay particular attention to apps and sites that feature end-to-end encryption, direct messaging, video chats, file uploads, and user anonymity, which are frequently relied upon by online child predators. Actually just heard of a case where Pinterest was being used for um, uh, predation on children online. So you just never know. That's crazy. Like even the safest of sites. I thought Pinterest Mm -hmm. of all things would probably be safe. No, apparently not. It's not. So just be careful. Anything that has a direct messaging feature that you're carefully and closely keeping an eye on that. The next one is adjust privacy settings and use parental controls for online games, apps, social media sites, and electronic devices. Um, Every family is going to find what balance of that is acceptable. acceptable. You don't want to be... Ages of children. Yes. Mm -hmm. So um, you've got to find out what's you're comfortable with doing in your own families. Um, We never want these to be used as like a way to control or manipulate children, but it's important to also keep them safe. It's a fine line to walk. It really is. (laughs) The next bullet point is tell children to avoid sharing personal information, photos, and videos online in public forums or with people they do not know in real life. Explain to your children that images posted online will be permanently on the internet. Never to disappear. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's a lot of controversy going around right now about mom influencers who post pictures of their chi- kids on the internet or videos of their kids on TikTok and things like that. <sighs> I I don't want to get like too much into it, into the weeds, but that is happening. And you have to be very, very careful with that because like how predators- you're explo- exploiting your child for your own gain. And not only that, but like... Predators don't even need. There are sites sites that will create a sex doll for you based on a picture. Like Mm. if they, if the, if people that you don't know have access to photos of your children, they can use those photos to literally create like a sex doll Mm. with your child's face on it. So just be careful. Just know the risks before you're going to engage in that and decide for yourself if you think it's worth it. That's all I'm going to say. The next one is teaching children about body safety and boundaries. Include the importance of saying no to inappropriate requests, both in the physical world and in the virtual world. Your child does not have to hug anyone or kiss anyone. They are not comfortable with hugging or kissing and pay attention to warning signs. Right. The next bullet is be alert to potential signs of abuse. This includes changes in children's use of electronic devices, attempts to conceal online activity, withdrawn behavior, angry outbursts, anxiety, depression, depending on the age of the kid, bedwetting, especially if they've already been potty trained, nightmares, things along those lines. Keep a close eye for that. Encourage children to tell a parent, guardian, or other trusted adult if anyone asks them to engage in sexual activity or other inappropriate behavior. Point blank period. I don't think there's anything more to elaborate on that. And the last one, immediately report suspected online enticement or sexual exploitation of a child by calling 911 or contacting the FBI at tips.fbi.gov or filing a report with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children at 
So as soon as somebody's asking for cha- shots of you changing your baby's diaper, oh my god, call the FBI, call nine one one, and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. You can also reach them online at report.cybertip.org. <laughs> so all of those will be in the description as well. We'll have kind of a lengthy show notes section of this episode. Well, it's a lengthy, lengthy episode. We could almost it is. too. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, that was long. <laughs> I'm glad we got it done. Well, you have all the time to listen to it. (laughs) Well, it's a really good episode. Thank you. Good research. Good job. I appreciate that. It's a sad, sad story. And, you know, it's a loose connection that we have, but we knew Caden. Yeah. I mean, you know, they say, you know, like you, you meet. How many serial killers? Seven or eight. (laughs) Murderers or something. Murderers in your lifetime. And we know of one that we met. Right. And we were in the house of one of the victims. Exactly. Do you have anything to add? Thank you for all of your support <laughs> over the last little bit over a year. I don't know how else to say it. I know. <laughs> Thank you. I've said it so many times, but it just doesn't stop being true. Uh, we'll be back. It's been such a wild ride. It's been a, been a good time. <laughs> it's been great. We'll be back. We appreciate all of you. We thank you for listening. Keep your children safe. And don't forget to take your vitamin D. Bye. Bye.